0: All right, Exonation, we're back. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the, let me see here, the iHeart Radio Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Digital Broadcast Satellite Network across Europe and Asia on Euro Radio TV, and of course on the Exon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to check us out on any social media site, Exon Radio TV, if you'd like to send me an email, I love getting your emails, exon at exonradiotv.com. And for all the information about the programming we have available to you, 24-7-365 on the Exon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exon Nation, is Jim Kepke, and he is the author of six books. Jim has researched exorcisms and the occult thoroughly for 20 years, including interviewing a Catholic priest who handles exorcisms for a large metropolitan area. He has 30 years experience in mental health and social services. Jim's new book is entitled Saving Souls and is a fictionalized account of horrors teenagers encounters when they get involved with the occult. His book is available on Amazon.com and uh, we've had the pleasure of having Jim on the show throughout the years. He's always a welcome guest. So Jim, welcome back to the Exxon.
1: Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here.
0: Always great having you, Jim. Um, tell me about your new book, Saving Souls.
1: Well, you know, I, I developed an interest in the occult, things like exorcism, witchcraft. Uh, many years ago, when I was working in mental health, I was the uh, administrator of the largest mental health facility in Minnesota for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during that time, as you would expect, we have a lot of people who would come in and say, I'm being possessed, the devil is bothering me, those types of things. And the vast majority of them were because they were mentally ill. Right. Uh, Usually schizophrenia, things like that. But there were always one or two here and there that did not appear to have a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that got me very interested in it. And that's when I really started doing more and more research into this kind of thing. And, you know, what I found is is really startling. Uh, The more I learned about it, the more I realized... Uh, there is something to it and uh, I originally was very skeptical about these kinds of things and I became a believer in them
0: what was it that happened Jim that turned you from skeptic to believer
1: well there's a couple of things uh, one of which is uh, I did an interview with as you mentioned a uh, the Catholic priest who handles exorcisms mm-hmm. for this metropolitan area and he and I, I guess most priests who get involved in in this uh, exorcisms are a little skeptical themselves, but him and most of them will tell you the same thing. They became a believer the first time they saw somebody levitate off of bed or walk up the side of a wall. <laughs> and now, this gentleman, I have to tell you, is you know very intelligent, mm-hmm. very straight. Uh, typically, with Catholic exorcists, they don't want any publicity. Right. They don't take money, of course. Of course not. And They don't want their name out there. I actually Mm -hmm. had to do a little digging in order to find out who this gentleman was and how to contact him because, uh, as you would expect, there's so many people who, they don't really need an exorcist. They need mental health help. Right. And then for myself, I was able to go into a house that was um, allegedly uh, had a demonic obsession. And... Very skeptical. Really? And I went in there, and there was obviously, obviously something going on. Um, The kind of feeling you have, I think everyone's had at one point in time, when someone is looking at them or there's someone behind them, and you turn around, and, oh, it's your friend or Mm -hmm. it's your neighbor. I had that feeling repeatedly in this house, and I would turn around, and there was nobody there. And, I mean, it's the kind of thing where the hair stands up on the back of your, your neck. Oh, yeah. And you can almost feel someone breathing on you, and you know there's someone there. And the feeling of uh, creepiness Mm -hmm. and evil is just, um, it's it's beyond beyond measure. You really can't adequately describe it. I also had the opportunity to meet some people who felt they were possessed, were not mentally ill. And there's just something going on with them. You could tell. You could tell. And when you see that kind of thing, you, you become a believer.
0: Jim, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our first commercial break for this uh, this hour. What a fascinating story, Exxon Nation. Jim Kepke is our special guest this hour, a good friend of the Exxon. And if you'd like to get a copy of uh, Jim's latest book entitled Saving Souls, it's available on Amazon.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And by the way, the latest edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is out and available at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Exonation. Jim Kepke is our special guest this hour. A good friend of the Exon. Jim's got a new book out entitled "Saving Souls," and it's available on Amazon.com. Jim, as a, a mental health professional as well as someone who investigates and looks at the paranormal, how can you tell the difference between a case where there are mental issues and a case where there is true paranormal inter, in, in, no interference or paranormal influence?
1: Well, that's a great question, Rob. Actually, the only way to do that, and valid exorcists, genuine exorcists, will require some sort of psychological Mm -hmm. evaluation before they conduct an exorcism. Um, Some of the the more standard churches, like the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, will require uh, a standard psychological evaluation to rule out any mental illness. That's usually the first step. And, and that tells you that if something is going on with this person and they come back as mentally healthy, as not mm-hmm. having a mental illness, that's when you say, well, there must be something spiritual going on.
0: I had Father Martin Angelo on, I believe. Okay. Martin Angelo? No, Craig. Find out the name for me, please. Who was the, or who is an exorcist with the Anglican Church, and he was okay. explaining to us the behind the scenes investigation that goes on prior to any member of a legitimate church getting involved with a with an exorcism
1: it It is very involved yeah. because it, it's just the case that um whether you're an Anglican or a Catholic or whoever you're going to do more harm than good if the person has a mental illness and you're trying to to perform an exorcism on them. And those people want to help people, and so they will make darn sure that they're not going to do more harm than good by performing an exorcism on someone who has a mental illness
0: um, what kind of what kind of paranormal activity have you seen yourself when it comes to someone who is uh, demonically possessed or there is the influence of the devil or a demon involved in their lives
1: um, well what I've seen and I haven't been a don't have as much first hand experience of course as a, a priest or an actual exorcist would, but I have seen people who you can actually you can actually tell by by looking in their eyes it's almost like the there's someone else looking at you than that than that person, than that human being. And their their range of thinking. One of the most common ways to find out and this this blows blows my mind and everyone else's is if somebody is possessed, they will usually know things about you that nobody else knows, that there's no way, uh, things that aren't on the Internet that you can't Google and find out about mm-hmm. somebody. They'll they'll tell you something that happened when you were 10 years old in fifth grade. Um, you know, maybe you, you cheated on a test or something, or right. maybe you were in love with this girl. And nobody know, knows about it because you never told anybody. They have knowledge about you personally that nobody else Knows about and there's no there's actually no way for anyone to know that unless they are some sort of spirit.
0: By the way, that, the name the way the name of the Anglican uh, minister who we had on the show is Father Davila Ashcraft. So thanks very okay. much, Craig, for getting me that. Um, have you yourself been involved in an exorcism?
1: I have not, no. Um, and uh, usually they. At least my experience with with uh, Catholic priests, is mm-hmm. they don't really want additional people there because it's just someone who's going to get in the way. And frankly, um, I think the tendency for a lot of people would be just to panic and you know start screaming and jump all yeah. the room. It just wouldn't benefit the process at all
0: so So tell me in your opinion, Jim, what's the difference between possession and demonic obsession?
1: Well, possession is where the demon is actually inside of a person. The Mm -hmm. spirit is actually inside of the person and is controlling them and, you know, is is doing the bad things to them. That's very uncommon. It's actually becoming more common, but still fortunately uncommon. The oppression is still demonic, but the the demon doesn't enter into a person. And there's many different forms of that. Um, Somebody who things just never go right for them... Mm -hmm. um, somebody who you know has re- recurring problems with their spouse, with their family, and things that they don't seem able to control, no matter what I try to do. Uh, these problems keep coming up. Unexpected things come up. Nothing I plan works out. Uh, those kinds of things are oppression where a demon is trying successfully to make one, somebody's life as miserable as possible. It'd be a very... Uh, it'd be a form of very bad luck. Unusually bad luck that is constant and is daily and reoccurring. Right.
0: If where did, where does this evil come from? Where do these demons come from? Is there no way that we can we can keep them away from us from causing well, all these problems?
1: Well, that's something I'm glad you asked because I really want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Is usually the vast majority are these are self-inflicted wounds. Hmm. Uh, somebody gets involved with just for fun, uh, getting involved with the uh, Ouija board, carrot cards, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And I I tell people, if you're using a Ouija board, most of the time it will be just a game, but you never know when you actually will contact a spirit. And you don't know who that spirit is. If somebody showed up in your front door and you did not know who they were, would you invite them into your house? Probably not. Of course not. Why would you invite an unknown spirit into your house, into your life? Most of the time, it is people who, um, willingly, and mm-hmm. um, you know, by play, playing around with paranoia as if it was some, some sort of game, which it isn't. It's a very dangerous game. Um, they take the first step in inviting that evil into their life. So, most of the time, it can be avoided, and you can, you know, take steps. Just don't do those kinds of things. Now. That being said, there are instances where um, people who, who just go about their daily life are cursed by somebody, and that actually can bring on a possession or an oppression, too. And this is something I personally never believed in for the first 50 years of my life, but again, when I met with that exorcist, he told me curses are very real and have a very significant negative effect on people's lives. And that's something that's, you know, not under your control.
0: So how can someone put a curse on you that would actually affect your life?
1: Well, what they do, and this this is serious, somebody mm-hmm. who considers you to be their enemy, maybe you got the promotion they didn't get, maybe you got the girl they wanted, um, they actually, and this, this sounds trite, but they actually make a deal with the devil. They um, will through some satanic prayers to curse you, to hurt you somehow. And when that happens, it can happen. It It is a real thing. And wow. I, yeah, that, that's horrible. And that's when someone who, through no fault of their own, is bothered by oppression or possession, and they really need an exorcist. They need somebody to help them out.
2: You
0: know, I, I can understand that, you know, the, these people are possessed. The exorcist comes in, gets rid of the demon, and but what about afterwards? What about the psychological effect that a case of possession has on a person? Who helps the person to mend?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, my understanding is, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not familiar with all religions, but most of the religions, they do make themselves available for the after effects. Oh, because, that's good. You know, obviously there there have to be after effects when mm-hmm. something like this happens to someone. Um, there's, there'll be that constant gnawing, is, is he going to come back? Yeah. Is this going to happen to me again? Yeah. So, frequently, my understanding is that people who have been possessed or bothered by obsession will actually become more spiritual themselves. They they become regular churchgoers. I would, too, if it happened to me. And, uh, you know, try to take steps to prevent it when, from happening again.
0: Interesting. Totally interesting. Can anyone perform an exorcist, or does it require certain... Um, religious, philosophical grading or belief? or How does it work?
1: Well, here's how it works. And uh, the best way to explain it is to use an analogy. Um, Yes, anybody can attempt to perform an exorcism, but it is best if they don't. It is best left up to professionals. Here's why. I know a little bit about plumbing and maybe I could go and install a new sink, but I might screw it up and I'll have a water leak someplace. That's not a that big of a deal but with an exorcism if you screw it up if you don't know what you're doing it can have a terrible repercussion on you and on the person you're trying to help um, one of the you know the real problems about that is mm-hmm. we know that these spiritual beings are much more intelligent than we human beings are and they can play psychological games and i, I have done a lot of research into this and that's typically what a demon does when someone tries to to perform an exorcism as they go after the exorcist. They try and perform a, uh, a psychological game with them. You know, start talking about here's what I'm going to do to you or here's what I'm going to do to your family, those kinds of things. It really messes with somebody's head. So I would recommend to someone get a professional, a real genuine exorcist to do it. You know, not a TV evangelist, somebody mm-hmm. who's who's really experienced and good at doing it.
0: You know, talking about TV, there's a lot of these self-professed exorcists on TV. How dangerous are they when it comes to them trying to exorcise a demonic or negative entity from someone?
1: I've I've been told that usually they they make things worse because um, the kind the person who needs to do the exorcisms needs to be very mm-hmm. spiritual. They need to be very pure, and so many of these televangelists they're doing it because hey it's all about me. Look, I'm going to get the, the glory, I'm going to get the attention. I'm going to get donations of money if I if I do this mm-hmm. on TV. So it's I don't think it's a good idea personally. It's you know again, go go with somebody who's genuine and if someone asks you for money to do it, avoid them. They should not ask for money to perform an exorcism.
0: Is there more case are there more cases of exorcism that require intervention in today's society than there was let's say five ten years ago
1: absolutely um the person i talked to said it has um more more than doubled and possibly more than tripled the number of of uh people requiring exorcisms and i think that's because of the uh increased interest in things like ouija boards and fortune telling and witchcraft Mm -hmm. you know i've read the harry potter books and i think they're great they're fun i've seen the movies but I, I do worry that people are encouraged to think, oh, well, witches, witches, witchcraft is fun. Well, I think all major religions have the same opinion of witchcraft. is It is real, mm-hmm. but the power doesn't come from anything good. The power comes from bad. So it's, it's. I think that's one of the reasons we see such an increased need for exorcisms. If you look at the Catholic Church, I think they have more than quadrupled the number of exorcists. They have set up uh, formal training because there's such an overwhelming demand for it just in the last 10 years. Really? Yes.
0: Truly interesting. Listen, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by, Jim. Always great talking to you. Exonation. Okay. Jim Kepke is our special guest. He is the author of a new book entitled Saving Souls. and his. Uh, you can find out more about Saving Souls and how to get your copy of Saving Souls by going to Amazon.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And uh, as I've been saying for the last week, the current edition of The X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.exchroniclesnewspaper.com. Jim Kepke is our special guest, I'm sorry, Jim Kepke is our special guest, and uh, he is the author of Saving Souls, and it's available on Amazon.com. Jim, how are you so sure that the devil is real?
1: Well, I am sure because I've I've seen his work. Um, I've seen some of these people who obviously have some sort of diabolical Mm -hmm. oppression or possession going on. the, the kinds of things they can do, the kinds of things that um, are just frightening. And I've talked, again, with, with some serious people, um, people who don't want attention, people who shun the spotlight, who have had constant, ongoing experiences with folks who are being um, oppressed or possessed by demons. And it's very very real, and the documentation is, is so in-depth and uh, it's, it's so clear that there's something going on that has mm-hmm. to be supernatural. There's no explanation. Now, some of the things that um, these priests have seen, other than, like we talked about earlier, the levitation, the walking up walls, yeah. um, they, they speak in, in strange languages sometimes that they seem to be very conversant in, but when they come, come out of whatever state they're in, they don't remember doing it. They've never taken courses or got any education in these different languages. And some of the languages are not uh, current languages. Some of them are things like ancient Aramaic. And they have actually had experts come into the room who are conversant in these languages, Hmm. and they'll sit there and say, yeah, this person is is speaking in ancient Aramaic, but the person is a high school graduate who's never taken a a foreign language course.
2: Unreal.
0: So, Jim, you know, a lot of people today, even today, look at the Linda Blair uh, movie of The sure. Exorcist, as the benchmark for exorcism. How real, compared to real exorcisms, was the movie The Exorcist?
1: Uh, some of it was, and a lot of it was Hollywoodized, mm-hmm. to, to use a term. Um, the, the original exorcism, if, if you read the documents, which I have about that, there was no head spinning around. Um, there were things like um, um, levitation. There were things like... It, it looked like uh, words appearing on mm-hmm. the the boy's body, like a finger inside the boy writing on the skin. I mean, those kinds of things, and and the actual um, exorcism that is based on it was not a a girl. It was actually a it was a boy yeah. boy. yeah, you know Hollywood. They, they think a, a girl would be more vulnerable, vulnerable, and so they they changed that part of the storyline. But um, much of the other stuff, I think, was pretty accurate. To, The need for an ongoing exorcism. That particular one was so strong that, and this is something I don't know that a lot of people realize, is sometimes it's not just a a one-time deal. Um, Those priests who were involved with that exorcism had to go back for months and months. Um, And and this is something I did not know either, is all demons are not the same. Uh, Some are a lot stronger than others, Mm -hmm. so some you can expel relatively easily in one session. Others may take days, weeks, months to do it. It really depends. And that's why, again, you need somebody who is an actual exorcist, somebody who is qualified and well-versed on it, not just someone who wants some attention and wants to get up on TV and have people give them their adulation. You have to be very careful about that kind of thing.
0: Why do you think there is so much interest in the paranormal these days?
1: Well, I think people people are, are missing something from their lives, and they're looking for something. They're looking for something spiritual. And I think, you know, having been involved in mental health and social mm-hmm. social services for many years, I, I just retired, but um, I can tell you that the culture of, of this country, anyway, has changed considerably. Less to do with the family, less to do with love, more about what's good for me, myself. There's more greed. There's more... Mm. Uh, Less morals. Yeah. I think those kinds of things that people are trying to replace that with something, but they're trying to replace it with the wrong thing. Um, you know, there's there's a certain adventure and excitement uh, in the spiritual world, and I think people are, you know, they look at that and they say, wow, this this looks like something that's fun, and um, they're trying to replace something missing in their life, and they're replacing it with the wrong thing.
0: But when you have someone who is not experienced in dealing with the paranormal, aren't they just opening up a big can of worms and they really have no idea what they're getting themselves into?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, number one, they're not helping the person mm-hmm. who's possessed at all. They're not helping at all. And this this is somebody who obviously needs help today. Yeah. So they're delaying that. They're also making the person who is possessed thinking, well, I, maybe I can't be helped. Maybe there's no point to being helped. So maybe he doesn't, go on to uh, find somebody who actually can help them. And as we talked about earlier, um, the, the person who's trying to exorcise this can have some serious uh, effect on him because, again, these demons are incredibly intelligent, and they'll play games with people, and they can mess up um, the person doing the exorcism very easily. They can mess him up psychologically, and that can have a long-lasting, maybe a lifetime effect on him. So, again, it's important to remember this This is not a game. This this is not something to play around with. It's very serious business.
0: So you would basically say stay away from Ouija boards, right?
1: Absolutely. Stay away from Ouija boards. Stay away from any kind of um, occult activity. Because, mm-hmm. and I've had people tell me, well, you know, I played with a Ouija board and it had no effect on me. Well, well, that's great. That's great. Maybe only 2% of the people who fool around with the occult have this happen to them, but boy, that's, that's a whopping percentage as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't take that kind of chance with my life, and it's just not worth it to do.
0: But what is it about the Ouija board that makes it so dangerous? For example, kids play spin the bottle, they, you know, they, they do other forms, uh, they play games that could be interpreted as opening a porthole or being paranormal, so what is it about the Ouija board that circumvents any other any other way of trying to communicate with the other side.
1: Well, what you're actually doing is you're actually calling unknown spirits to you, and I've sat in on a, a Ouija board session, and it was it was it's really spooky. But um, at the time, I didn't really understand what was going on, and yeah. you know I've since. Had to explain to me, and I've seen in my own eyes it can have a very bad effect. Now, the you had mentioned that movie, The Exorcist.
2: Yes. On yeah.
1: um, the actual case, that boy was playing around with a Ouija board. Again, he thought it was a game, but mm-hmm. he was trying to call unknown spirits into his life, into his house, and he succeeded. Um, now we don't know why sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, but it's, it's certainly not worth the risk to do that. I think with a Ouija board. Um, you have a good point. You could probably still call unknown spirits into your life without a Ouija board, but it's just, it's a tool that, that a person uses. If, if you have one in your house, my recommendation is take it and throw it in the garbage right now. Yeah.
0: So how do we, how do we, how do we teach our young not to get involved in the paranormal what are the what are the guidelines because you turn on TV you see ghostbusters you see the real ghost haunting you see UFO shows bigfoot shows we can't we can't block them from everything so what do we do how do we teach them
1: well well from my own perspective and this is probably from being involved in the uh, mental health field for so long is be as mm-hmm. open and transparent as possible i you know with my kids i never would just say no yeah i would say no because this is the kind of thing that can happen and uh without trying to be too melodramatic with your kids or with with your friends or family explain to them these are the kinds of things that can happen yes it, nothing might happen mm-hmm. you know you might play it as a game and it might just be a game but if there's even a small chance That you can have this serious traumatic effect on your life and it might affect you for the rest of your life it's it's just not worth it there there are other games there are other activities to play and um i would also recommend that people seek out persons who are experts on this and i've found that they're very very willing to talk to people if they know you're serious Mm -hmm. and they'll tell you about the occult and and the dangers of the occult and share that with your your family sir share that with your friends be as open and transparent as you possibly can. The more information, um, the better. And if they want to watch a, a scary movie, I mean, what I told my kids is that fine, but remember, this is Hollywood, so they're yeah. probably going to have a happy ending. You don't always get a happy ending in real life.
0: That is so true. That is so true. Is there any way that that we can protect our children, we can protect ourselves from the influence of demonic entities that, that are all the time within our lives. And what availability or what what portholes do we open in ourselves with all these electronic gadgets that we're all part of these days? Do these gadgets, like the iPhone, the smartphone, now the microwave towers that we have in every major city going across from country to country, do these open up portals?
1: Well, not not to my knowledge, so much. Uh, other than the uh, things like computers and the internet mm-hmm. are way to access um, things about the occult. I mean, I, I have known people who have used the internet to uh, you know look up such satanic prayers mm-hmm. and things like that. And you know what a what a mistake that is to to use computers and the internet for something like that. Um, one thing you can do, and this is recommended by. Every uh, major religion that, that I've studied is, uh, you know, try and develop a relationship with God, you know. Stay on the good side. Don't mess with things you shouldn't mess with. But, you know, try to stay spiritually pure as much as possible. Try and stay on the right side of things. Don't get involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. And if, you know, if you do have some problems, if you do have some questions, go to your minister, go to your, your priest... Talk to somebody who, who's experienced and serious, and you get the help you need.
0: One thing I, I could never understand, Jimmy, if if there is so much good in this world, how come mm-hmm. the evil seems to be getting all the attention?
1: Well, that's a good question. I, I've always heard that uh, evil has a certain attraction, mm-hmm. and... And, uh, you know, it's it's the idea of adventure and fun, and I guess that's almost biblical, really, you know, the the temptations of evil. And, again, if you turn on the TV or go to movies, as often as not, um, they will be glorifying people who are doing things they, they should not be doing.
0: I understand that, but how do we stop that? How do we protect ourselves from the negativity that we're finding ourselves surrounded by?
1: Well, I think education. I think we need to learn... Um, the, the problems that getting involved in the wrong things can mm-hmm. cause. We need to be open about that. We need to educate ourselves. And we need to look at things with, you know, we need to crit- critique everything we look at. If you're watching a movie about the occult, don't just watch it for, for entertainment. Ask yourself, is this a good thing they're doing? What are the consequences of this? Who does this affect? Mm-hmm. Um, Could this happen in real life? What would I do if it happened to me? What would I I do if it happened to my family? Um, There are consequences for all actions. And again, try and develop yourself spiritually as much as possible.
0: The good old cause and effect scenario. Absolutely. Jim, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. And Dexon Nation, if you would like to uh, get a hold of Jim's latest book, it's entitled Saving Souls. It's available at Amazon.com. Jim Kepke is our special guest, and uh, Jim and I will return on the other side of this mm, very short commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Jim's latest book is entitled Saving Souls, and it is available on Amazon.com. Don't go away. Exo Nation, um, if you'd like to get the latest copy of the the X-Chronicles newspaper, it is available at com. And our guest this hour is Jim Kepke. We've had the pleasure of having Jim on the show over the many years we've been broadcasting. It's always a great pleasure having him on the show. And we're uh, so excited about his new book entitled Saving Souls, and it's available on Amazon.com. Jim, what is your what is your opinion on people who claim to be white witches?
1: Well, you know, most of them, the vast majority of them, I think, are, are frauds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in it for the money, they're in it for the status, and people get taken in and they get duped. But there are, are a small percentage of them who actually are what they say they are. They are witches. Now, the concept of a white witch is supposed to signify that they use their powers for good. Mm-hmm. but. The major religions that I have researched, and including the, um, the priest I spoke with and interviewed, told me that there is no such thing as a white witch. If you're a witch, you're a witch. Um, the idea being that you heaven does not give you those kinds of powers. If those powers exist, they come from evil. They come from the dark side. And so the concept that, oh, I'm a white witch, that's that's nonsense. If you do have those kinds of powers that you can do fortune-telling, uh, fortune-telling, tarot cards, uh, psychics, those kinds of things, you don't get those powers from the good side. You get those powers from the bad side, from the evil side. So when you keep that in mind, um, spending time with people like that is not a good idea. Uh, the, the exorcist I spoke to, he told me that he had actually gone to a, uh, a so-called white witch when he was in college, when he was a student. And he said he was just stunned, because he was very skeptical. He did not believe, but she knew uh, things about him that nobody else except him knew. Hmm. Uh, Many things, detailed things, uh, things that really frightened him, that think that people, someone would know this. So he had no doubt whatsoever that this person actually was a witch. But he said, as far as a white witch, there really is no such thing. Um, And those powers she got, she did not get you know, from heaven, from the good, she had to have gotten those powers from evil. And who knows what she really would be using that knowledge and those powers for. So he, you know, he left and he never had anything to do with her again, which is a very good thing because you don't know someone with those powers. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're going to do to you.
0: What was the most significant thing that you walked away with, Jim, after having the interview with the ex, with the Catholic priest?
1: Um, I was stunned, to to be honest. Um, I had thought that things like curses were just nonsense. Mm-hmm. And here's somebody who I respected very much, obviously a very highly intelligent person, um, somebody who's not in for the money, somebody who, who shuns the spotlight, who shuns fame, who's very hard to find this person. Um, and he was so serious and so sincere, and he had so many examples. And he came up with things... Uh, people who had been involved in the occult and we discussed some case histories and it was just stunning. He had been working with a young woman for some time who had been involved heavily in the occult. Um, everything from Ouija boards to, you know, fortune tellers mm-hmm. and psychics. And she, she was so. Dem- Jimmy, you there? Yes. Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, oh, and, um, this And this complemented all the research I did. Uh, the person who was the uh, Vatican exorcist for many years said many of the same things. And when you hear it from two different, very different people in different countries, mm-hmm. the same kinds of information, it's really very convincing. And again, it's not just the Catholic uh, religion. There's many other religions we talked about the anglicans who will tell you the same exact thing it's very real and it's very dangerous and it it screws up a lot of lives and it makes a mess of a lot of people's lives something to be avoided at all costs if you think that uh you know, you are being possessed or oppressed you need to do something about it because one thing everyone agrees on this does not get better by itself it's only going to get worse
0: so what should you do if you think that you're oppressed? I mean, if you can't get, a, get to a Catholic uh, priest, or if you can't get a hold of an exorcist fast enough, what do you do?
1: Well, the only hope really is to get hold of someone like that. Um, and one of the, the nice things about these religions, the ones that I'm familiar with, is you don't have to be a member of their religion. For instance, if, um, if I had this problem, and I went to a Catholic priest, and he said, well, are you Catholic? And i say, no. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Same thing if you go to an Anglican. uh, A lot of the Pentecostal churches have people who are very experienced at um, exorcisms. Same thing, you don't need to be a member. So I, I think some people will say, well, I'm not a Catholic, I'm not an Anglican, I can't. No, they don't care what religion you are. Their goal, their mission in life is to help people. So you need to take control of the situation. You need to take responsibility for yourself. You need to get yourself to someone who can help you.
0: If God created everyone, and if God has the power that so many people believe he does, why didn't God, or why doesn't God, get rid of evil?
1: Well, it's the the free will thing, is that he put us here on this earth Mm -hmm. to do good. And some people decide to do good, and some people decide not to. The first being who made that decision, as we know from the Bible, was Lucifer. Um, He was supposedly one of God's greatest creations, beautiful angel, incredible powers. But he decided that, you know, he didn't want to work for God. He wanted his his own thing, his own universe. And so he used his free will to, you know, to go bad. God wants us. He doesn't want us to be forced to love him. He doesn't want us to be forced to spend eternity with him. It's, it's our decision in the end. so, unfortunately, um, when someone decides to be evil, it affects other people.
0: The television shows that, you know, you and I were talking about earlier about ghosts and everything else yeah. within the paranormal. Are they an asset or a hindrance when it comes to society and to the eradication or to the prevention of evil
1: I, I i think they're a mistake i really think they're a hindrance i i've watched a number mm-hmm. of those shows and again they're trying to glorify it they're trying to make it exciting and an adventure if there is a house where there is a demonic oppression you need to stay out of it <laughs> you don't go in it yeah. because um those things can severely psychologically and spiritually affect you and it, it's just i mean it, it's such a dumb thing to do that I, I can't believe it. You know, oh boy, I'm contacting a demonic spirit. That's not a good idea. I mean, is it a good idea to go and c- come in contact with a uh, hitman from the mob? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand and I hear you. So, what is in the future for Jim Kepke? What are you going to be doing?
1: Well, I'm going to uh, get more involved in this. Uh, I'm trying to to uh, educate. um the, the the book we talked about earlier is. Uh, it's actually based on real events, so it's kind of a compilation, and I fictionalized it so no one is going to recognize mm-hmm. their own story in it. But it's what can happen when people, as a game, get involved with the occult. as happened to the, the two characters in this book. And what, the book is not just about them, it's about their families and how it affects their families, and I think that's a very important part of it because we have to remember when something yeah. serious happens to us, it also affects our families, and in this book, I, I describe how it tragically affects um, the families of these people who get involved in the occult. So that's kind of what I'm going to be doing, um, is trying to educate more and more people about this, just giving them the information. Hopefully, by doing that, they'll make good, smart decisions about how to live their lives.
0: When's the next book coming out?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I have a couple ideas in mind, but I'm mm-hmm. still I'm still working on it.
0: Jim, what are your final thoughts for the listening audience of the Exxon Nation tonight?
1: Uh, my final thoughts are don't do anything that's going to cause you permanent, lasting damage. Don't get involved in the occult. It's not a game. It's very serious business. If you have done that, get some help from a legitimate, genuine exorcist who can provide assistance to you.
0: What is the worst thing that has happened to someone that you know of? At the hands of the, at the hands of the occult.
1: Oh, people have gotten uh, so messed up that they actually get involved in. Um, oh, there was one person who lost all moral compass, mm. lost all sense of of good and decency. And actually, became a hitman, and, and I'm not remembering, but had killed several people. And actually, at some point, knew he needed help and consulted with a priest to try and get back on track but yeah you can actually you can do considerable damage uh you know from drugs to pornography to actually entering other people theft because you lose all sense of worth all sense of decency and you have no moral compass you don't care about hurting other people
0: wow hey jim as always whenever you're with us time goes by so fast let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and where they can get their book your book.
1: Well, the book is on Amazon.com, and it is also available as a Kindle.
0: And all you have to do is go to www.amazon.com. Jim Kepke, thanks so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure. Take care of yourself, my friend.
1: Thanks, Rob. appreciate it.
0: All right. Exonation, Nation, if you'd like to contact uh, Jim, he doesn't have a website yet, but if you'd like to get a copy of his book or Kindle, the name of the book is Serv- uh, Saving Souls, and it's available on Amazon. Com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half past the minute, six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Brain going one way, tongue going another. As we continue here in the Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to find out all about the programming we have available on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Zone. Don't go away.